QVC Quality Violent Cinema. Welcome to the second episode of Quality Violent Cinema. I'm your host, Ian, with your other host, Christian. And this episode is going to be branching off from our previous episode, The Horror Web, to the more extreme horror web. Christian put together this awesome web, which you can check out on our Facebook page and our other pages and stuff. And Follow along. Follow along with us if you'd like. So really quick before we get started, let's list off all the subcategories that we're going to be going into. Um, so I branched this one into seven this time, um, going into documentaries, disturbing drama, um, experimental, fetish, gore, exploitation, and torture. And then each one branches off into a, a couple different categories. So we'll be going through all those right now. So let's start off with the documentary. First, the Cinema Verite. Uh, which is a style of uh, it's it's a style of documentary or just a narrative film where you kind of make it look like uh, it's casual everyday living and it kind of brings the viewer in makes it uh, gives it a sense of realism and I would say uh, start off my favorite cinema verite uh, style film that I've seen recently is a record of sweet murder which is directed by Koji Shiraishi, who also did Noroi the Curse and Grotesque. Um, yeah, I still haven't seen that. I need to. Oh, it's awesome. And Unearth put it out. And to me, I would say it's the best done film that Unearth has put out personally. The craft of that film is perfect. It's one of those movies that's uh, supposed to be all in one shot. It kind of looks like it's all shot in one shot. Like Pig. Yeah, like Pig or... Um, um, I can't think of all of them now, but there's a few of them, but this one is, it's really well done. Uh, I would say there's about seven murders, uh, the whole time. So they managed to do murders and gore and the acting is crazy. It's insane that these actors were so physical the whole time and they didn't have to get like, go get a drink of water or anything the whole time. Mm-hmm. It, it's crazy. I would recommend it. I found it on Tubi. A lot of unearthed movies can be found on Tubi. Um, or just buy it from a Nerth site if you can. Yeah, I mean, even speaking of that, Pig actually would fit into that. Um, Piece of Talent is what I went with. Um, it's it's a 2014. Um, it's really good. He, It's kind of done into this um, where he's filming these people to make it seem like he's you know getting them into a film, but then um, shooting it as like a documentary, but then in that he murders them and then films that. Um, and it, it goes darker into that, but it's, it's good. It's, that's awesome. And then that also sounds similar to that one. I let you borrow making off, which a lot of people haven't heard of. It's like a French extreme film, but it's found footage of a guy making a film and then kind of murdering his cast members, yeah. but that's more of a comedy too. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like to hump everything. Yeah. <laughs> Look into that one. Uh, if you haven't heard of it, cause no one else is talking about it for some reason. But uh, Cinema Cinema Verite has basically gained a lot of popularity with the Blair Witch Project. But as a lot of extreme horror viewers know, Cannibal Holocaust is kind of what started that off with the whole um, finding footage of a behind-the-scenes movie kind of thing. Then Man Bites Dog and August Underground and Megan is Missing is another popular one. Mm -hmm. So 
Anyway, that'll be the end of Cinema Verite for that. But let's go back into our subcategories. This one is mixtapes and compilations. I mean, there's so much in this one. And it's hard to say, you know, like, I love this one. I mean, they're they're nasty. They're disgusting. They're not necessarily, you know, meant to be, like, adored. Um, they're just meant to gross you out. Um, but the one I feel that really got to me, I think, the most is watching uh, porn gore. Like all the other mixtapes with like a lot of poop and whatever, it's like it's it's almost like cheesy and just bad, and I can just like pass it. But when when it shows it's like actual cutting of like and just different stuff. Uh, I mean, if you are into that stuff, <laughs> I recommend porn gore. If you're not into the stuff, I don't recommend any of this in any of this genre. <laughs> yeah, um, really quick, I just wanted to say like a lot of these compilations are being called mixtapes and. I personally think that it's not really a mixtape unless there's like some editing and some music and like a little bit of skill put behind it. When a lot of these movies are just clips kind of compiled together from either usually just the surface web, not even the deep web. Like Mm -hmm. you don't even have to go on the deep web to get a lot of stuff nowadays. No, just look up the good old iceberg these days. Yeah. (laughs) And like, honestly, it's like there's, there's no, skill there's no artistic quality in a lot of these no so. it's just exploiting it's almost exploitation in a lot of it it's just exploiting gore and real footage of things and it's 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 weird because now it's it's gaining a a fan base again because mm-hmm. of that iceberg so mm-hmm. you've been quite the <clears throat> collector just, of mixtapes uh, lately i wanted to. i just <laughs> took somebody's shit lately Woo. So what are some other uh, mixtapes? Um, so some good examples would be like Death Files. There's a few of those. Uh, Fetus Monster or Muncher. Um, the Genki stuff is disgusting. Um, some of those I'm yeah are absolutely filed. Guso Milk. And then of course um, K, uh, the KT trilogy. If you can find that. Yeah, and then for Guso- like the compilations like you could also include shockumentaries um so traces of death and all that kind of stuff but those kind of go into the mondo too um which is our next topic yeah we're getting into is um which kind of feeds right into the the that and mondo is what there was before compilations mm-hmm. like because you know that it wasn't people weren't able to go on the internet and browse for mess up clips you actually go to a theater most likely a grindhouse theater because these were sleazy movies uh watch mondo kane or faces of death um and they were edited together you know they were filmed and a lot of them were shot on location um instead of just being like a compilation of clips taken from like news stations like later on documentaries like traces of death they were actually people would like go, travel to africa and they do like mondo africa or um shocking asia which was a lot of filmed in Asia that led later on to shockumentaries such as like traces of death and faces of gore and many all that faces stuff. of many faces of death, just, you know, a whole slew of garbage in my opinion. Yeah. But, but it created future garbage, which I think gets worse. So it's almost like refreshing. Yeah. And <laughs> get into some of the older ones, like the many faces of death. And even I think like the Mondo films, like Mondo Kane and the earlier faces of death, I think there was actually some craft put into those movies because, right. you know, first of all, they're shot on film and they're edited like, you know, they're done like an actual film. 
Faces of Death, for those who don't know, uh, a lot of the death isn't even real in that. It's uh, just they'd take news footage and they'd edit in uh, videos that they would take themselves. Of, so they'd have news footage of a car crash and then they'd edit their friend with, you know. Yeah, because you could just buy these from this. libraries. You could just buy it. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, we have a bunch of footage you can purchase and just put into films. And then a lot of uh, shockumentary people were like, oh, yeah, well, we can do yeah. way worse. And then well, now they get the unedited footage. Yeah, and I prefer you know, like more like the newer stuff where we actually go out and film the stuff. Is like Hayotake, um, he's, his stuff in Wasteland and The Embalmer. And the Embalmer is absolutely disgusting, and I, I, I love it, though. And it definitely intrigued me for modern Mondo. He seems like a, like a true artist, and I can respect that. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, somebody like Brain Damage Films or something that's just like putting together clips of like, you know, that they got from some news guy that had some VHS tips. Right. You might as well be making mixtapes. There's no skill in that. But Mm -hmm. yeah. Anyway. So, I mean, that's about it. But yeah, I would say my favorite would definitely be the first Faces of Death just because I have a a lot of nostalgic value to that one. But so getting into the next genre. So this one, it doesn't really have many like... Um, subgenres out of this one, but uh, put disturbing drama. It's its own subgenre in itself. Um, and I, so for instance, I put in um, my favorite is in a glass cage, which is very disturbing. It's uh, basically a guy in an iron lung that used to be a Nazi that was torturing a bunch of young boys, and turns out one of the young boys is now his caretaker um, and wants to make every point possible of, of having him now be tortured while he's in a glass, uh, an iron lung. Yeah, it's a wonderful film, and it's really shocking. It opens up with a scene of child abuse, Mm -hmm. and just from then on, it just gets more and more fucked up. And it gets to the point where, you know, you should be rooting for this guy. Mm -hmm. Um, It's almost a rape-revenge movie. Yeah, but he's almost getting his vengeance with sexual torture as well. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it definitely goes into art house territory um, at the end as the house slowly begins to morph into like a post-World War II uh, battle zone. It's pretty crazy, some of the set pieces that they add towards the end. Really cool lighting and just a good mood. And But it'll put you in a bad mood. Yeah, <laughs> Be it makes ready. you hate some people. Yeah, but yeah, anything where somebody tortures a Nazi is good in my book, which mm-hmm. we'll get on to our Nazi exploitation later on, uh, where there's lots of that. Um, my favorite one of disturbing dramas is red white and blue have you ever seen that one Mm -mm. it's directed by simon rumley it's um a drama about a uh man who has a one-night stand with a girl who he finds out gave gave him aids and the rest of the movie is uh him basically seeking vengeance for her but he ends up taking down some people on the way there Mm. and um it's just really dark, but it's really grounded. That's the thing about these disturbing dramas is they're very down to earth grounded. They seem like something that could happen in real life. There's not a lot of fantasy here. It's just brutal. I mean, there's violence towards children. There's gore. There's, you know, um, a lot of sexual uh, stuff in that movie that's really uncomfortable. So I recommend Red, White, and Blue totally. It used to be on Netflix instant view i don't know how to find it now runner up to that would be uh, i gotta mention found um which i think you've kind of watched recently too huh 
Yeah, uh, yeah. No, that one blew my mind. Yeah, it's really special film in my opinion. Um, made me buy the full Headless too. Yeah, yeah, which I'll mention later too because Headless is a great extreme film, uh, which is a film within the film found. Mm-hmm. It's really beautifully shot. Um, feels like a step above a lot of movies in this genre. I feel like it could almost elevate to like a somewhat uh, Hollywood level indie film if it wasn't so graphic. Um, and it says a lot about growing up and about, you know, how uh, media could affect you or how uh, some people are just fucked from the get-go. It's a great movie. Mm. So, yeah, so that's disturbing drama. But uh, so next one we're going to get into experimental. Um, first one we're getting into experimental is animation. Um, I I did I picked Midori. It basically has every form of fetish done into an animation and it's just this innocent flower girl trying to make do, but it's just pushed into this world of disturbing um, fetishes and just different things. It, it's it's crazy. It's definitely not one of those, you know, animations that is easy to watch. And I just watched the um, the live action one, which is absolutely phenomenal. Not graphic at all. They definitely took out all the gore, but they kept everything else and just really focused on just the beauty and the art and the the colors and just such a good movie yeah i gotta watch the whole thing you showed me a little bit of it and it was insane i don't know has hiroshi harada done anything else i'm i'm not sure um i'm you know i'm not the biggest into anime this is just one that my sister had showed me when i was really young and kind of like the i mean the the actual comic um and then i recently kind of got into the animation and then just recently found out there was a live action even yeah, that's the thing is I'm really into Japanese film, but I never went down that anime path. Like I love like Ninja Scroll and Ghost in the Shell and stuff, but mm-hmm. of course Akira. Um, but one that was really extreme uh, was uh, Uratsuki Joji. Have you ever heard that? Mm-hmm. Legend of Overfiend. It's kind of basically tentacle porn. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, like Love Blue Girl. And- yeah, it, but it's definitely worth checking out. Um also, uh, Tokyo Doom Megapolis is really good. Yeah, Angel Cop is good. There's a bunch of those 80s yeah. um, graphic animes that are just awesome. And if any one that I really do get into, it's, yeah, it's all that. Yeah, I mean, in Perfect Blue, it's great. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's got to be, like, rated R adult for me to check out in animes most of the time because I just, Japanese like, animes. Like Devil Man. Yeah. But uh, my animation pick was going to be uh, Where the Dead Go to Die, which is also put out by Unearthed. And this is done by Jimmy Screamerclaws, who is a animator. Uh, he also is a uh, hardcore electronic music artist. That music's insane. If you've ever never heard it, you kind of hear some of it in his movies. Uh, he also did When Blackbirds Fly. But Where the Dead Go to Die is an anthology. It features uh, very nasty um vignettes one of them being a kid that's being told what to do by a black lab dog who's kind of like son of sam style thing but he basically fucking kills his parents and then does some nasty stuff after the parents are dead to the parents uh the second one is a boy that's lured into a house um by a neighborhood girl and his uncle um makes them film a little video where uh he's making the little kid boy suck on the 
nose or something of of a conjoined twin that's coming out where it's essentially it looks like a almost child porn or something but it's animated it's very disturbing um and then from then on it just goes into more fucked up shit um and i would say it's one of the most disturbing movies on earth has put out and that's saying a lot because they put Mm -hmm. out stuff like aftermath and guinea pig but this is like a new level and it's kind of just shows you with animation especially extreme animation you can go places that you can't go uh with normal cinema and that Mm -hmm. includes harming children and doing things to the human body that can't be done in real life yeah i'm sure and then so the next one we're getting into is shorts um you you were just mentioned it uh briefly but um aftermath uh, is one of my favorite shorts um nacho surda um, all the three of those those parts, you know, uh, Awakening, Genesis, Aftermath, they're all great. But Aftermath is the, the it says so much with saying absolutely nothing. There's no dialogue in the entire movie, um, but it'll it'll get under your skin and just make you think. And yeah, it's it's one to it will never leave your mind. Yeah, I've I've seen that. A few times, um, it was definitely one of those movies that my friends would, I had a friend that had it and he just throw it on to shock people that came over. Mm-hmm. But I do think like a lot of people mentioned how beautiful it is and stuff. And, uh, I guess I can see that, but if you know what it's about, which is necrophilia, mm-hmm. um, it's also a movie that you could probably have some beers with your friends and just, you know, make fun of it too. So mm-hmm. there's many ways to watch aftermath, I think, um, yeah, it's, it's a good one, though. Good pick. Mine's uh, one that you showed me called Cutting Moments, which I was very yeah. surprised by. This, family Portrait. Yeah, I think it was uh, Douglas Buck is the director, I think. And he did a Family family Portraits trilogy, which I haven't seen the other two. Um, a lot of people saw it in that package of, of the three movies where we just kind of watched the short together. Um, and it's kind of just a a family that is having some issues uh probably the dad is molesting the child but it's it's very vague on it but most likely that's kind of what you get from it yeah but then it, it just does a whole 180 on you and then it the the gore in it is it's very subtle but it's so realistic it's it's subtle until the very end. Then it mm-hmm. goes into necromantic territory. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of a, a weird, sleazy fuck fest. Um, and it's, it's interesting. It says Tom Savini's credited for the special effects. Really, he supervised uh, two of his uh, effects guys from his effects school, and they actually flew out and did, did the effects. And Tom Savini gave permission to use his name in the credits in order to get the movie some clout. But overall... It might as well be Tom Savini effects because they're really well done. And it's definitely worth watching for the effects. And it's only, I don't know, was it 25 minutes or something? Yeah. Uh, art House. Going into Art House category. Let's see here. Mine is going to be Kichiku Banquet of the Beasts. Uh, this is an interesting film, also from Japan. I know you're going to hear me mention a lot of Japanese stuff. Um, that's just because I think. A lot of uh, Japanese stuff uh, needs a little bit more attention, so I'm going to bring it up. Kichiku Beke of the Beast is about some protesters that retreat to the woods to hide from the authorities. 
Now they're all kind of at each other's throats and they start picking each other off in really nasty ways. There's an exploding head. There's a scene where a woman gets shot with a double barrel gun up through her guts vaginally, which is insane, which those guts blow all over the Japanese flag. I think they were going for symbolism, but I think it was a little too on the head. And there's really, really good effects in this movie. It's really chunky, bloody gore, but it comes off as really realistic. But it is definitely an art house feel to it. It's shot on what looks like 16 millimeter film. And um, so it gives it kind of that rough look to it. And it's it's a lot of artsy angles and just shots of nothing sometimes. Um, But it's definitely worth watching. And it's hard to get. Yeah, another one um, I'm doing is uh, Vision of Suffering. And this is one that's hard to come by as well. And it's an unearthed release, but it's one of those ones that if you have, you have a gem. But it's it's hard to even explain. It's just nightmarish, visually, just all over the place, um, gorgeous in so many shots. But it's really hard to put together as like what you're actually watching. Just very nightmarish. I haven't seen that one. That was just one of those ones. Like just like Aftermath, I did see it at Best Buy back when they used to sell unearthed movies at Best Buy, and I'd always see the cover for that. I'm like, it's a little low budget for me, but. No, it's, it's I wouldn't call it low budget at all, but it's it's but it's not for everybody. Yeah. I would definitely say that. It looks really like surrealistic. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally surreal. Yeah. Like, totally surreal. I mean, everything that director does. He did Nails, he also did um Philosophy of a Knife. Um which Philosophy of a Knife gets mixed reviews mostly because of the length. Yeah. I think he's great. They really padded that movie out. <laughs> that could yeah. Anyway, um really quick, I just wanted to mention Necromantic, which is awesome art house style. Um, movie yeah no he's another director that's york all of his stuff is great and then uh also visitor q from takashi miike which is like a japanese shot on digital video which just hits every taboo possible um of this really fucked up family there's necrophilia rape drug abuse pedophilia lactating (laughs) it's just goes way overboard and there's even shit and you know how much we love shit. Oh no, not shit. <laughs> so speaking of bodily fluids, let's get into our fetish movies. Uh, I mean, the one thing I, I did want to say about fetish is it's a never-ending subgenre. <laughs> there's so many other parts of fetish, and there's new fetishes being invented all the time <laughs> and being put on film. Well, it's really so, subjective on what a fetish is. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's and it and 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 a lot of this stuff. And this is why it was a little bit difficult for me because you know I don't have like I don't see it for the fetish standpoint. I see it for what they're trying to push for the fetish standpoint. Like, I definitely don't have a vomit fetish. I definitely don't have a two you know foot fetish or anything weird. It's like I don't even know what I could classify as having it as a fetish. I need to get a fetish. I just I don't have one though. So you know, most people get hobbies, hobbies or something like that. They're like I'm looking for a fetish. I think you have a DVD collecting fetish, right? Which goes into <laughs> fetishes, yeah, for sure. Some nasty stuff. I mean, me personally, I'm not really into a lot of this stuff. Uh, for our first section in fetish, we had the vomit movies. It's super popular now, and I think it was definitely brought on by Lucifer Valentine. Oh, 100%. He basically was trying to invent a new genre, which he called Vomit Gore, and that's why he called the Vomit Gore Trilogy. Um, And he was trying to, I guess, invent himself in that. And there's been a lot of other people that have 
touched on it. Um, but yeah, he's definitely the name. If you think of that genre, that's him. And Lucifer Valentine is he's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I just watched Regurgitated Sacrifice, which is supposed to be one of his more extreme movies. I can see why people like it, just because like the sound. He has a really good like sound mix in the background. He's very he has a unique style. Yeah, hundred percent he does. But it's it's definitely something that could be like if it wasn't so extreme, it would be like almost something more better for an art gallery rather than actually being sitting down and watching it. But a lot of people really like his movies, and mm-hmm. I mean, who am I to criticize? I definitely think they can be a little hacky at times, um, especially like some of the acting by these like depressed females. Um, you know, well, I think it kind of adds to sometimes the realism of it, but yeah, but yeah, it gets a little much. Yeah. It gets like a little, almost feels like a little too edgelord for me. And that's coming from a huge edgelord like myself. And some of his slow motion effects are just like, it it can be too much. It was really interesting though, watching regurgitated sacrifice because, uh, the Soska sisters who I've never really been a big fan of play a huge part in that movie. You know, they went on to work for WWE doing the American Mary and stuff like that. But they were like straight up having a threesome with a pregnant chick and like, yeah, like helping this like vomit fetish guy, like put an octopus on his head. And like then like, you know, they were doing some pretty extreme stuff. Yeah. So good for you, Soska sisters. I know why you don't want to be part of that. But <laughs> yeah, no. And I mentioned is one of my top or one of my picks on the vomit it was slow torture puke chamber and that was one of the first ones for me to kind of get through and 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 it took me to be honest it took me revisiting because i i turned off like nope and then it was like okay i I'm, I'm gonna go through it uh but it, i think it was the scene of where she's um puking into shot glasses and then taking the shot glasses back as shots and then but just the point where she's like yeah it's gnarly yeah there's a few scenes in these movies where i feel like it goes from art to more of a challenge like He's challenging his his subjects. Like, I mean, there's a one scene where a chick drinks a full cup of her pee and then barfs it all over some other chick, and it's like this. The movie could have gone without this. It just feels like you're challenging these people, and those actors weren't even in the rest of the movie, so it didn't even fit. Mm-hmm. So it was really like they were just trying to throw this extreme shit at you, and I don't know. I kind of wish it would like kind of more stick to like more of a narrative, but whatever. They're not for me, but I can see why some people might like them. And then I also watched the Channel 309 movies, which definitely weren't for me. Yeah, uh, they're they're crazy. They're, I mean, it, I feel like if you've seen like one or two of them, you've basically seen them all. Because there's a bunch of volumes of them. Um, it's about nine or something, I think, of it. Um, but yeah, if you've seen one of those, you just basically get the idea. I skimmed through of, about three hours of it. Yeah, a lot of <laughs> so, dick piercings, a lot of... A lot vomit, of blowjobs. A lot of blowjobs with, with dick piercings. Um, and then the, they even throw in like shit at certain parts yeah it's it's interesting it's it's not for me it's definitely and that's the sound mix on lucifer valentine's movie just blows it out of the water oh for sure sound wise they uh, could have done way better channel 309 i i had to like keep the volume down to basically at two um, because it was just too much it was like dude just track it down a little bit like but not even in a good way. Like they no. could have picked a way better noise soundtrack than that. Right. But. It's just like it just annoys you the whole time while you're watching it, and like it'd be like, oh, this is visually cool. Maybe I'll just put it on the background and listen to something else. Yeah. Essentially, because it's 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 bad. I I couldn't. That's one thing I have to say against. 
I also kind of got an edgelord vibe from that movie too. Like they were trying really hard to be edgy at certain points. Whatever. It's not for me. And then, yeah, I mean, especially with all this, it's it's hard to find when we're getting into the pornographic films that are all into this. Of like, none of this is like seeking into arousal or like or. And so it's like, well, then what's the point? And some of it, it just gets like, yeah, just a little too much. It's pretty much what I just said is going for being as edgy and disturbing as possible. But mm-hmm. once you're like seasoned like us, it's kind of hard to disturb us. So what is the point? You know, because if those movies don't fuck us up, then what the hell are we watching them for? Right. Um, like I said, you can, and you can still have these elements in film and be shocking but still have a story yeah so a bdsm fetish uh movie that i picked that was our next subcategory mm. of fetish is uh r100 which is a japanese movie about um a guy who can't get enough of uh he's a masochist and he just can't get enough uh getting beat up by these um fetish ladies so he kind of gets connected to this club of fetish ladies that follow him around town and just destroy him, just beat him so hard. And he just, after a while, he's like, I got to get away. And he just can't get away from them. It has some pretty disturbing stuff in it, even though it kind of comes off as a canon, uh, comedy. Um, it's made by the guy that made big man Japan, um, which is the straight up comedy. Um, and it features Nao Mori from, uh, Ichi the killer. So that's a, that's a little bonus for me. Anyone from Ichi the Killer and something, I'm down. So, yeah, check out R100. It's another movie I'm bringing up because I really want people to see it. And I don't feel like enough people have seen it. And it's on Tubi for free. So if you get a chance, check out R100. Yeah, BDSM is not necessarily my, my thing. But one film that um, I kind of – I think is interesting in that and it definitely gives a very strong BDSM um, is Mark of the Whip. 2006 um there's not too much you can find on it it's just basically just punishment and i mean a lot of whip stuff a lot of ball gag stuff but it's but it has a story within everything that's so it's one of the few story like story driven bdsm films that are out there that aren't just straight bdsm and then the next category and the last category of fetish was porn gore and for me I didn't really have anything to bring up except I recently watched 29 Needles and which I borrowed from you and that movie definitely had some interesting parts in it but wasn't for me Um, but they definitely mixed the porn with the gore yeah for sure and they definitely went into the stream I I liked the film I think they did a good job and on certain aspects I can see where you know people can see where it was a little bit of a flop on certain aspects but um i think as a whole it, it it portrayed what it was trying to portray but i i listed as uh tumbling dolls of flesh as a good porn gore and that one just is i mean people have started careers off of that movie um when you're talking about sam hell i mean that, that's a lot of his um inspiration comes from that and that's literally a porn followed by gore <laughs> yeah i mean that just defines the genre yeah. i feel if you don't mention tumbling dolls of flesh in that genre then why bring up the topic? So we want to move on to our gore subcategory. This is, you know, something we covered in the last episode, but when it comes to extreme films, I think it goes a little bit far and above. 
uh, what we mentioned in the last episode. So let's bring up a few that you know we didn't bring up before. First off, in the grindhouse section, what was your? Oh, I I picked. Well, this is technically a double feature because they they are two parts. But uh, I drink your blood. Um, I eat your flesh. But I'm doing off of I drink your blood. I that one just tickled me so much. Um, and just the, you know, the whole giving the grandfather acid and this the kid just getting all upset about it. So he decides to put rabies in a bunch of meat pies and feeds it to a bunch of hippies that are visiting the town. What happened to Grandpa? <laughs> He went over drunk. He's not drunk, stupid. He's been doped. Huh? With that stuff that they call LSD. The whole bunch take it. What does it do, that L, whatever you call it? Boy, you really don't know anything. Well, it makes a person crazy. Wow. Is that what they've done to Grandpa? Come on, Grandpa. The story in itself is just pure ridiculous, and but it's just as ridiculous in, in the acting and everything. It's... It's a good watch. It's your entertainment. It's a perfect grindhouse movie, and it's definitely fun to watch. Um, at the end part, it's like hard to not be laughing because it is so ridiculous when they're running around with axes and their mouths are foaming. Right, just, and they're like, "Do you have rabies or are you zombies?" It like, just puts, what, like what? What are you? <laughs> puts a freaking smile on my face. I just love that. And another movie that puts a smile on my face is Blood Sucking Freaks, yeah. which is um, a trauma movie. Uh, it's one of their pickups. It wasn't produced by Troma. No, but, but it's, glad they did. Yeah, and it, that movie is another movie that's just fucked up on every level. Like they definitely are trying to be edgy and uh, offensive and politically incorrect. Um, it just has to do with human trafficking and um, kind of a, a Grand Guignol uh, style magician who's you know torturing women on stage but it's just part of an act or is it but really it turns out that it a lot of it is real and these are women that have been just taken off the streets and the ones that don't get killed in the torture show get sent to a sheik in iraq um for a good price and then there's ralphus the little uh little man who's helping him the whole time um who later i found out is a male porn star which is kind of weird it's got a really cool soundtrack, and it's got that grindhouse uh, look to it. It's all in New York, so it's got that you know '70s in New York. Any movie that's '70s in New York is awesome. One movie that pretty much is '70s in New York and Grindhouse, but is actually 1980, is uh, Maniac, and Maniac is my other favorite Grindhouse. Movie. Oh yeah, and that's a an obvious one. Yeah, just Joe Spinell is like the best serial killer. Ever. He looks perfect for the part. Uh, the whole movie's really greasy and sweaty. Uh, Tom Zavini doing special effects. It was his comeback movie. Uh, very chunky, explosive gore in that movie. And uh, William Lustig, who's a great director. So oh, Yeah, no, that's really good. So now we're going into Splatter, which I, I love Splatter. There's so much good stuff in Splatter. Splatter's really cool. It started off... Um, in the 60s with H.G. Lewis movies. And those movies are just great. And for the 60s, they are just so bloody and gory. Just unexpected for movies from the 60s. You know, I used to think that Night of the Living Dead was the first movie that had gore in it. And then once I went a little bit further down the rabbit hole, I was so surprised um, about H.G. Lewis, Herschel Gordon Lewis movies. Have you seen any of them? I've seen a couple. Um, I, I'm really interested in those collections. There's like cereal box stuff, and I want to just pick up the cereal box and just get through all of them. 
Yeah, I mean, it's definitely uh, check out uh, Blood Feast, 2000 Maniacs, um, and Color Me Blood Red's okay. Gore Gore Girls is my favorite one. Actually, I just recently watched uh, Color Me Blood Red um, because somebody was talking about a short, because uh, I was talking about making a short, and uh, it has a little bit to do with that movie, and they're like, oh, you should watch it. It's like actually pretty much similar what? to what you're making. Was I the one that said that? No. Oh. Uh, Jonathan Doe, actually. Oh. Well, I said it too before you talked to Jonathan Doe. Oh, well, well whatever. <laughs> he never listens. Jonathan Doe's cooler. No, yeah. <laughs> He's more successful. <laughs> I'm not editing that out. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, issue Lewis movies are great. And then uh, more modern splatter. And also another thing that's hard to mention in, is anthologies. And one of the ones that I mentioned is, um, is um, Morbid Tales. Um, there's a few really good um uh, just kind of shorts that are done into like really good spiders that are just anthologies are great. Morbid Tales is really good. Never even heard um, of that. that goes into Black Lava if you're ever interested in picking it up. Um, no, yeah, uh, Morbid Tales is great. Cool, I gotta look into that one. Um, my favorite splatter company would be Necrostorm, which is an Italian company, and uh, my favorite movie from them is Hotel Inferno which is a first-person shot movie, kind of like that movie Hardcore Henry that came out a few years ago. Yeah. Um, pretty much shot, all shot on a GoPro. And it's kind of supposed to look like it's all in one cut. You can tell where the cuts are, though. But Necrostorm just has this way of... They mix a little bit of CG in, but it's mostly practical effects, and it is explosive gore. Very, very awesome. If you get a chance to check out the Hotel Inferno 1, 2, and 3 trailers... And that'll give you enough to know what you're getting into. And just the trailers enough are entertaining and fun to watch. Um, their movies are a little hard to get because you have to order them from Necrostorm. They also did a few other cool movies like Adam Chaplin and Tater City. Very cool company. Yeah, and they're apparently making a second one. And you can pay part into being in their second. Sorry, the- Hotel Inferno? No. Oh, because they already made two and three. No, no, no. I know there's hotel. Adam Chaplin. Yeah, there's, oh. they're making an Adam Chaplin two. Oh, Adam Chaplin two. Nice. Yeah, but I, I think COVID has probably slowed that down. But if you go on their site, you can see that there's still um, buy-ins to chip into buying the film to help support making the film. And then the final gore section that we're going to do is body horror. Um, my obvious go-to would definitely be the Human Centipede movies. I think they're super entertaining and funny and creative. But since everybody knows about the human centipede movies, I'm going to mention header, which is a crazy redneck movie about these rednecks that are basically drilling holes in people's heads and fucking the holes. And there's a detective that's kind of on to what's going on. Cause he's finding heads, people with holes in their heads with cum in their brain all around Weird. the city. And reminds me of Brain Jacked, but not getting. <laughs> I got to see that one. Uh, and then uh, eventually, you would never expect what happens at the end. I went with Flowers of Flesh and Blood. Um, we had to go into Guinea Pig if you're going to touch into any of these. And that's one of the ones I had to kind of get into. I mean, um, there's so much. And everyone's here, the notorious Charlie Sheen, you know, and how much this is like borderline snuff and got, you know, questioned into the FBI. and But. Um, but the the film's great. Um, I can see why he, you know, faked it as a snuff. They they did a really good job with the body mutilation and 
all the shots and this is the weight on everything they just they look like real limbs I'm t- i just think it's crazy he thought it was real snuff because it's edited and like there's camera angles and lighting and stuff it just right. feels like a production to me um the first one though uh devil's experiment i could definitely see someone thinking that that's a snuff but yeah, a lot of the guinea pigs kind of have body horror elements. Mermaid in a manhole is definitely a good body oh, horror yeah, I movie. Love that one. Yeah. And then um yeah, I was going to mention Headless. I don't even know if that's body horror, but it's definitely kind of cuz yeah, he 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 definitely messes a lot with the bodies. Yeah. So there's a lot of a lot of fooling around with body parts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a great movie. So let's go into our exploitation section. Uh, first off, sexploitation movies. What sexploitation movie do you have to mention? So I didn't know if this was technically, because it's more of a porn, but my God, is it not a good porn? <laughs> Cafe Flesh. Um, it's it's such a bizarre thing, and it, and it, it takes you out of the element. You're like, oh, yeah, this is a porn, until they actually you know get into the scenes. But when you're outside of the scenes, it's so freaking bizarre. Uh, but then if you're if that's not considered sexploitation, I'll say Blue Rita just to get some Jess Franco in there. And Blue Rita is one of his notoriously good. Just everything about the shots and how it was done. I think he spent a lot more time on that one versus just kind of being like, let's just make a movie kind of thing. And it's good. So my sexploitation pick uh, went the most towards horror and grindhouse that I could with the sexploitation genre. And that's The Sinful Dwarf. Very gross movie very just like maniac it's very sweaty nasty old new york 70s feel it's just about a woman who's abducting people from her her low rent apartment building that she's that she owns and putting them into like a sex slave trade in a in a bricked up room she has this little sinful dwarf man who's running heroin in and out of the building and that's about all it is. There's, that's really no plot and just a whole bunch of shocking scenes one after another. Uh, and the sex scenes are actually hardcore sex scenes. So that's something. Unfortunately, a lot of them are rape scenes. And so that makes them. Yeah. And, the, and it's not- crazy. Like when I started getting more into this exploitation, um, I didn't realize of how many movies actually do use. Um, actual penetration in very graphic and gory films especially when you're digging into like the really crazy like there's another maniac one um but it's not maniac like that but it's like this whole different one it's it's crazy and there's so much graphic gore in it but it's full-on dick sucking and stuff yeah and to me i don't need that yeah (laughs) i don't don't need yeah i don't need to mix my porn with my right it ruins your porn (laughs) yeah especially like especially for tainting my porn (laughs) whose idea was it to put hardcore sex with a rape scene i feel like you got problems if you're gonna mix those god and then especially i'm getting too much into it but like incest has been such a big weird thing in porn lately i'm like go away yeah like seriously go away then stop searching for it. <laughs> Shut up. You don't even have to search for it. It's like in everything, every Pornhub video. I know, like... I know. Yeah. I mean, everyone knows. <laughs> everyone, isn't it weird to think that everyone is watching the same porn on the same sites, but we're just not talking about it? Let's talk about it. <laughs> Maybe for another episode. <laughs> um, so our next one would be Nazi exploitation. And I picked She Wolf of the SS, Ilsa, She Wolf of the SS. Yeah, that one's great. Which is definitely nasty. Definitely again. Which is definitely. 
definitely, definitely. <laughs> definitely, it is yeah. Definitely, Sorry, definitely. I watched The it's Rain not Man. Even just definitely, but it's definitely, definitely. I watched The Rain Man recently, so I can't <laughs> stop. Um, so it's porn in ways. It's pornographic in certain ways, and it's tortury in other ways. It's got a lot of gore. It's just this. It's kind of based on a real woman. Ilsa was actually a real. Uh, yeah, there's officer. a few. There's a few of them too. There's like f- uh, at least four. There's, I uh, I have. Of them. I know of three, so there might yeah. be four. Yeah, and uh, I mean, one of them is like Elsa, she wolf of the oil sheiks. I mean, yeah, it goes some weird places. Yeah, but it's it's good, and if you hate Nazis like I do, it's worth waiting till the end because you know not all the Nazis survive. Oh, so. I guess yeah. There's Elsa the Mad Butcher, Elsa Harem Keeper of the Oil Sheiks. Yeah, yeah. that's what it was called ridiculous but i'm not too big into nazi exploitation because i'm yeah i'm not either i i'd picked gostapa's last orgy uh that one's just over the top it is so over the top and they're all based on this like women of ss and they're they're all kind of similar in that of like these nazi women type thing and like the women or it's basically they're in um women in captivities a lot of, a lot of them too yeah yeah which is most of what Ilsa is. Um, and even Sinful Dwarf, going back to that. Drug exploitation, uh, just going to mention real quick, Junkie by Adam Mason, who also did Pig, which we mentioned earlier. That's a interesting kind of take on like the drug movies. Like, you know, you've seen Trainspotting, you've seen Spun, but this is like if the underground horror scene made their own uh, drug movie. Which I still need to see. It's great. I mean, he, he goes on this crazy trip his brother uh, keeps telling him to just enabling him to do more drugs and they eventually kill the drug dealer who turns into a zombie and Charles Manson's in the basement for some reason. It's lots of like goofy, also like almost fear and loathing in Las Vegas style trip scenes. Like what is he seeing? What he's seeing is obviously isn't real, but it's great. Yeah, I picked Enter the Void. Which is one that maybe people not consider drug exploitation, but I think it very much is, because it shows the actual drug use of the DMT and like gets into the you know what your head would actually look like and or like when your mind and what you see. And so I think that did a really good job in that. Um, but another one to make mention, I wouldn't say this is like one I I like, but it's definitely in that drug exploitation is uh, Black Metal Veins. Oh my God, is that depressing? That's why I don't like that film. Um, but it's hard to get through, but. If you want a, a good drug potation and or to try to get off heroin, um, I recommend this movie because they will absolutely be disgusted by these people and never want to touch the drug again. Yeah, that one looks interesting. I I don't know if I want to see another Lucifer Valentine movie after Regurgitated Sacrifice, but it's totally different than but, any of his other films, though. It yeah, stands, and that's why it stands it by itself. That's why it interests me. Is I'd like to see what he'd do with like a documentary. So that's cool that he did something other than just vomit gore. So our next uh, next and final exploitation topic would be based on a true story. And I feel like these are exploitation movies because they're actually exploiting events that happened in real life. Getting, getting butts and seats by um, usually fabricating parts of the story too and, and making it more extreme than what really happened sometimes. Or taining it down because it can't be pushed into the mainstream. Like sometimes if you get into the stories are even way more fucked up than the movie can even try to portray. Exactly. And I think movies like men behind the sun, it probably was that fucked up and that's horrible because the stuff that happens in that movie, it's just disgusting. You know, a woman getting her skin ripped off her hands and the, the child autopsy and the dude 
shitting out his guts in a pressure chamber and it just it's so graphic i wonder if you consider salo is based on a true story yeah pretty much it's based on based on real based stuff on novel really, yeah. but yeah but it's based on real life too yeah and i'm sure that happened yeah and it pretty much still does happen with the ritual well, why it's why he got killed or essentially it's all skeptical but because they the people wanted to shut him up they're like you can't expose this don't yeah. do this and then there there's be consequences <laughs> then there's marion doris cannibal which was based on a true story about two men that met online one of them volunteered his body to get eaten so they meet up they have sex and they have dinner and then the dinner ends up being one of them cutting off their penis and they both don't like the penis because it's too chewy so then they say okay we'll cut up the rest of my body let's eat that and the rest of the movie is just him ripping him apart and it's kind of scary because in real life that happened yeah. they videotaped the whole thing in real life and when they went to court the jury had to watch their whole video and imagine that isn't it crazy that, that video still actually exists too right and then there's the girl next door which was based on a true story mm-hmm. and i think they made like another movie with a different title that's a little bit more mainstream but that's the true story of a woman that held a teenage girl in the basement and just let all the neighbor kids come over and sexually assault her for a really long time mm-hmm. it's really sad um so i on my based on true story i did untold story um which is crazy to think about that actually it is a real story um he basically wins a, he wins the restaurant in a bet um a gambling bet and they refuse to give it to him so he murders and rapes and murders them and then chops them up and feeds it to the town. I don't uh, know how truthful it was, but it, no, it was all based. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I heard. Yeah, it was based on a true story, but and yeah, it's one of those ones that you're saying before that it was um, definitely kind of like added to and fluffed up a little bit just to kind of make. And there's apparently a second one. Um, I haven't seen that one yet, but the second one to. looks interesting. Mm-hmm. It's the same actor too. Yeah, it's really interesting because in Hong Kong they were making these. Um, based on true story uh, crime thrillers that had like half shocking gore effects and then half police procedural style film. So it almost felt like a law and order episode with like extreme gore and uh, unearth's going to be putting out a couple more Dr. Lamb and stuff and that all fit in the category three uh, rating. So we should do a category three episode eventually. Yeah. I'd be done for that because Hong Kong before the censorship got really bad was really making some great horror films. All right, so now we're going into our final subcategory. It's got four different subcategories branching off, and that's the torture. So first in our torture section is going to be Pinku Films, which is a Japanese for pink films. They're basically just violence and sex put into films. Yeah, really rough sexploitation. So it goes a lot into going into fetish and BDSM. And one of the ones that I touched on is, and I think it's it's good in, uh, in that genre, um, Flower and Snake. Um, there's about four of them. Um, they're definitely, they're just really, really well shot. Um, they did a good job on these. Um, and it has good elements of the definitely the BDSM show. Yeah, that's the interesting thing about these Pinku movies is the photography is always really beautiful. But the content is very sleazy. Yeah, so. they're similar to Ruffies. They're like the Japanese Ruffies. Yeah, um, but Ruffies are a little more rough around the edges visually. Yeah. Pinku is very like 
it's very beautiful Pretty. cinematically. Yeah. yeah. Um, mine is uh, kind of a Chanbaro Samurai film, but it's uh, Hanzo the Razor, which is crazy because it features Shintaro Katsu, who played Zatoichi in the Zatoichi movies. But he's not a good guy in this movie, really. He's not a bad guy either. He's more of an anti-hero. And basically, he has a giant dick. And he is killing um, anyone that gets in his way to figure... He's basically a detective. And he's killing all these um, all these uh, samurai people, uh, really bloody blood sprays and stuff. But then it goes into... he's. Basically, because his dick is so big, he can get any girl he wants too. So there's all these long sex scenes. So blood, samurai killing, and then a whole bunch of big dick sex yeah. with a movie you can, you can relate to. Yeah, it's a lot of fun uh, if you like samurai movies, and uh, it's a lot like the Lone Wolf and Cub movies or Shogun Assassin. Uh, women in captivity is the next section. So I did female prisoner, uh, Scorpion number seven hundred one. That whole four part series. Oh god, it's so good. Um, and it's really quite cool to watch these old kind of like grindhouse um, films. You can definitely see a, a big influence in uh, what Quentin Tarantino took from, and you know, in Kill Bill and all that. And you can definitely see it in this film. Um, and that's Mayuko Kaji. Is she the actress? In yeah, that? And, yeah. Oh my God, her death stare is so good. Yeah, she's great in Lady Snowblood as well. Yeah, she's so subtle in everything she does. But they could not have picked a better actress to play all of that. She's a badass, and she does the song too, right? Because mm-hmm. she's a singer. She does really good music. I mean, one of her songs is in Kill Bill. Um, yeah, I know. That's just yeah. yeah. That's why you can definitely tell that he's given respect. I'm pretty sure she did like a female convict scorpion song that was really cool, but mm-hmm. um, that's a good pick. So my women in captivity pick is going to be a little different than yours. It's not women in prison, but it's the more domestic version, which is like being held captive in your own home or being held captive in someone else's home, which I think is just as terrifying as prison. And uh, mine best pick for that and i love these movies is the all night long series uh takes a bit of a while to get through the first one because that one is a little bit slower but the second one really ramps it up and uh it just these boys kidnap this woman and hold her in their house just in a normal neighborhood and they're just torturing her and the neighbor boy is kind of like wants her to, wants her to wants them to stop but he also kind of wants to get in on it at the same time but he witnesses enough violence that he just goes crazy turns into a psychopath and ends up killing everyone including the girl that he was trying to save uh and then the rest of the all night long movies are kind of the same even the first one and the third one basically you witness enough violence uh, it can turn you into a killer is the point that a lot of those movies... Yeah, and we talked about it all through. night long before with the third one and yeah. just how eerie and then... It's, I love that one. Yeah. And then our next torture category are snuff films or films based around snuff. And yeah, and so I want to indicate we're not talking about actual snuff films. Yes, we are aware that films like that exist and yeah, I guess they have their own genre, but we're talking about films that are made out to be like a snuff film. So yeah. they're filmed to... Um, be kind of like girl tied up, tortured, and then filmed as though it's like a found footage. Um, 
So one that I touch on is it's called I, I Heart Snuff. Um, it's done by the, the, this French um, extreme musician, actually, and he has some interesting stuff outside of um, some of his films. Um, if you ever want to dig into some extreme um, weird performance, he's basically the male, um, the French Gigi Allen, if that gives you a good idea of what he's like. And he will defecate on stage. He will do stuff with blood. He's 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 there. He's way out there. Um, um, but I Love Snuff is such a weird film because it it plays off a lot like a comedy um but it's not at all and it it's grotesque and so much nasty stuff um it took me it was another one of those films i had to like revisit because i had to turn off for a second <laughs> yeah i remember first time i came over you're like have you ever seen this and i'm like no and he's like oh let me show you the part i paused it on because i couldn't really get past and it was literally just a close-up of a shit shot of a dude just, just bending dude just over taking a turn gaping butthole of shit coming out of it and i'm like, like oh no, i see why you turned it off <laughs> and then you showed me that weird like animated penis face yeah and that's what shrieks your interest you're like okay no wonder um mine is a series that I can't say I really like that much because I find them kind of annoying, but I really, really appreciate the art behind them. And that's the August Underground series. Uh, Like I said in the previous episode, I kind of like the third one. I think the third one's pretty well done. But the first two are pretty annoying because there's a lot of giggling and goofing around in between the gore scenes. And even during the gore scenes, there's a lot of giggling and laughing. Almost annoying like Sherry Moon Zombie, just like (laughs) the whole time and... Uh, it just annoys me, but they really pulled off the VHS snuff look. And a lot of people back in the day actually thought it was real. And, you know, they like Fred Vogel got that stuff confiscated at, at the Canadian border because they actually thought he was making real snuff and they were able to verify it and get it. They never got his stuff back, but it's very realistic and they go places that's a little, they go a little too far sometimes. And in my mind, that's a, in a good way. Um, that's kind of the point. Yeah, that's kind of the point. But I would say, you know, part two and three, there's like, actually they involve, like they s- simulated child torture and it's very, very messed up. They don't actually torture real children, but it almost seems like it. And that's usually... Right. Like the first American guinea pig where they leer you into like thinking they're about to but then they just cut the scene yeah well this one they actually made like a prosthetic child and Mm. they're like doing he's doing something very gross to it and then you know there's also a dead baby with its head ripped off with a bunch of maggots all over and he's eating maggots out of it it's really gross but it's definitely worth watching if you want the snuff experience um there's a few other movies like atros and um um, what is There's it a called? Few anthologies too. The Butcher. Yeah, like a snuff anthology, Faces of Snuff. Yeah. It's really popular right now in the underground scene. And I think it's because it's really easy just to buy a chair, some fake blood, some fake weapons, and yeah. duct tape. And that's like <clears throat> and all, just that it's it's it almost like this taboo word. If you put snuff on it, then all of a sudden people are like, oh no. And so it's, it's like an automatic sell. It's also a word that I feel like has been watered down a mm-hmm. lot lately too. So our last category is going to be the rape revenge, which is definitely one of the cornerstones of the extreme um, film. Yeah. And it's something that, I mean, 
even now, uh, rape scenes make me really uncomfortable, as they should. Um, That's why the revenge is very important. Yeah, because this is not just ra- yeah, you know, it's not just rape movies. This, this is we are mad about the fact that this happened, and so you are okaying the fact of these girl torturing as a revenge. Yeah. So, what's yours? Uh, I went with from Asia with Lust. It's this a uh, four part series. There are actually there's four shorts, but it's it's all the same actress, um, and she's actually a porn actress. But they use her in all of these, and they're they're basically exactly what you would expect with like, but more like the newer I Spit on Your Grave. But it's all done in Japanese. Um, but they're all just like there's just four parts, and so and they're they're all pretty similar. They have kind of like a different story on each one, but um, it's it's good though, and it's actually done by Troma um, and released, and it's it's definitely doesn't come off like a Troma. Like it actually seems like there was a little bit of budget behind this, and um, the acting is not you know over the top cheesy. It's well, they probably like they probably picked film. it up right. Yeah, I'm assuming yeah. so. I don't just to kind of help. I doubt Lloyd produced. Kaufman was in Japan, dude. No, yeah. no, but I'm, I'm glad they did because it, it. I think it. It's good. Yeah, I gotta check those out. Mine's uh, Thriller: A Cruel Picture from 1973, which is also known yeah. as they call her One Eye. Christina Lindbergh, I love her to death. Yeah, she's great in this movie, and she does some pretty outstanding things for this film. I don't know if uh, this is another movie that has some hardcore sex scenes. Also very unwanted because they are. Well, she's a she's a penthouse, and that's what penthouse playmate. I guess not playmate because penthouse isn't considered playmates. But yeah, but so she's already very familiar with the world of just like showing herself, and that's how she got kind of her popularity, and then all of a sudden got into film after going from penthouse to that. She's such a badass in this. I mean, it's kind of your typical almost Kill Bill style movie where mm-hmm. you know she's. She's, violated and she yeah. comes back and learns all these skills and just fucks shit up but she's absolutely gorgeous like i'm i'm not gonna lie she's one of my hollywood crushes if, if you consider like people from their past experience or past lives yeah she's great mm-hmm. and um the slow motion at the end is really fun uh it goes into like some of the slowest slow-mo kills ever and mm-hmm. just, just awesome photography there's some gore it's it's a great movie. Yeah, not rape revenge, but if you're going into something that um, is great for Christina Lindbergh, watch Sex and Fury. Absolutely awesome. There's a great scene with a samurai killing of a girl gets out of the shower completely naked and just kills off everybody, and and you get to see her in all her glory running around with a naked with a samurai sword killing a bunch of guys. It's cool. I'm sold. <laughs> I remember when that came out on DVD. I just never saw it. A really good one too. I think it's worth mentioning is the. I Spit on Your Grave 2, which is the remake of I Spit on Your Grave sequel. It's really underrated because it's a completely different girl than the first movie. And she gets kidnapped and like sent to Ukraine or something. And they mess her up pretty bad. But she escapes and she goes under the sewers and builds all these awesome traps and torture devices. And it's some of the most brutal torture kills I've ever seen in my life. So definitely recommend I Spit on Your Grave 2, which... Probably a lot of people don't see that one because it's a sequel to a remake, but it's good. yeah, and it's so funny. Like, I, I want to get into doing some reviews on the uh, the unofficial. I spit on your graves, like I piss on your corpse. I spit on your grave, and there's a bunch of different takes of different ones, but they're not official, actual. I spit on your you grave. You showed movies. me I spit chew on your grave. Yeah. <laughs> Some redneck dude. It's so bad. God. Like you know, there's so many of them. Um, even trauma. You know, I. I, I um, I spit on your corpse. Um, 
you know, there's there's different ones. Anyway, thank you guys so much for this extreme web bearing with us because I know some of these topics are a little extreme for some people, but but I think this is a good kind of indication because we are going to be talking about a lot of this stuff, and if this is a little too much, I mean, we're, you know, not all of ours are going to be getting into you know mixtapes involvement and all that, but the, a lot of the other content we will be. So this is a good indication of what to expect. Yeah, and that's kind of the point of this podcast is we want to go deep into the underground and talk about the nasty stuff a little bit more than the normal horror stuff that gets talked about a lot. So I would say a lot of our episodes are going to be kind of like this one, except uh, just keep in mind, we're just talking about genres now, but soon we're going to be going more into the actual films. So we're going to take some more time. Right. We're going to slow down. We kind of pushed a lot of this just to kind of get a general idea um so and especially the first episode um because a lot of that is on mainstream horror which is stuff that you know we we enjoy of course but um it's not what we're trying to talk about so yeah we'll definitely go a lot more in depth and we're going to try to do this bi-weekly so that we're going to be definitely doing a lot of studying and notes and stuff like that so it's going to be something to look forward to Christian, do you have anything else to say? I think that wraps it about. No, up. that's that's it. Just look forward to uh, um, getting further into the next topic. And yeah, we're, like we were saying before, the next ones are definitely going to be more topic driven. We're more just going to talk about a particular thing and just getting into discussions of what films fit that topic. Yeah, and th- thanks for checking us out. Uh, we're only on episode two, three, if you count the episode zero, which is kind of our introduction. But we are on a roll now, and I think this is going to be pretty fun. Check us out on Spotify and Anchor. We're soon to be on Apple and YouTube. So we're just going to keep this going and expanding as much as possible. And thanks a lot, guys. Thank you. Bye.